You're listening to the Comic Crusaders Podcast. I am your host, Al Mega, CEO of Comic Crusaders and Undercover Capes. In this show, I'm sitting down with creators from all walks of life to talk about inspiration, process, the lessons they've learned, and a whole lot more. Wepa, what up, mi gente? What's poppin'? It's your boy, Al Mega. Welcome to a brand new Comic Crusaders Podcast, and today I got an amazing independent comic book creator this man is a musician he's an author he's a publisher he does it all this man is like a top boss killing it with home brood and the crit c-r-i-t not to be confused with the crips respect to la gangs not looking for no beef all right <laughs> let me introduce the man the one the only the future legend building his own universe the one uh Leone, Mr. Chris Taylor, Wepa, how you doing? Doing well, man. That was probably the best uh, entrance I've ever had. <laughs> so thank you. Are you pumped up? Are you ready to go, kiddo? Is yeah, I am. Like, I am stoked now. That was awesome. <laughs> thank you. Right, man. Yeah, you're a future star in the making. Your dope comic. Um. Let me see. I'll tell you right now. I am at page 139 of that 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 graphic. Wonderful stuff. I'm awesome. thinking. Uh, I've been finding myself laughing, going through the action. Like, whoa, good stuff. We're gonna get into this whole new comic book universe real soon, folks. But first, we got another origin story, Mr. Sadoff over here. So let's know, like, where you from? Where you at? What's popping? Um. So you know, from originally from Connecticut, I live in North Carolina now. And I'm on, I'm on the, I guess, west side of, of North Carolina. Uh, west side? <laughs> I guess it's like Middle West. I, I don't know. It depends <laughs> on how you, how you go. Um, I don't, I'm too far away from the water to enjoy the beach. I'm too far away from the mountains to enjoy that. So I'm kind of like stuck down there. Um, uh, west Bubble, we like to call that. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, so I'm down here. I actually moved down here for uh, music. The guitar in the background. Oh, wait, wait, wait. So you moved when? Wait, so you grew up in Connecticut, born, raised Connecticut, and when did you move? I moved down here in 2004. Okay, so you, you were older, I was supposed, no? I moved here two weeks before my 21st birthday. Yep. All right, okay, okay. There you go, there yeah. you go. So, 18 what was, all right, so what was it like <laughs> growing up then in, in, in Connecticut, and who put you on to, to your geek fandom? first was it a self-discovery or was it somebody in the fam you know friends um, what was it well as a kid you know uh you can see some of my figures and things huge batman fan and spawn fan as a kid those are you know take that wolverine and gambit and those are like my four go-to's and then throw in some e-learning because i love the chaos um <laughs> and i always i always love comic books uh you know a kid that i moved around i i probably had by the time I moved to North Carolina I moved probably about 40 times I went through three first grades I was we were always moving and so comics and collect like collector cards and things those were always my go-to because I could bring them everywhere they were a good escape for me as a kid and um, I always enjoyed them you know I still have the first comic I ever had I ever got it's a new mutants comic book um, when I was a kid that was the first comic I ever bought and it's all ripped up and destroyed okay. Every time I see it, I'm like, I can't really get rid of this thing because it was the first one I ever got. But you have it. But you have yep. it. 
Yes, I, see, I love these cats. It's like me. I I still have my OG, and just like yours, it is completely beat up. You could tell that I that I folded it, put it in my back pocket type joint. You know, mm-hmm. I ain't no better back then. <laughs> I got a um, Rob Liefeld was here a few months ago. I really wanted to bring it to him to sign it because he's one of the interior artists on a few pages, and um, yeah, I just think it's cool. I'm I'm sure he'd probably get mad because you know beat up and everything else but whatever uh <laughs> yeah but it's your og and that's that it was an influence so there you go yeah i got into um so i've always been into comics but you know i, I was actually signed to a record label for a few years so i did music for a long time really? and, Wait, so when did music come into your life what inspired that uh my, my dad my dad bought me a guitar and i was like eight or nine and just said here Learn how to play guitar. I did that for a few years, got bored, got tired of him telling me what to do. And then right when I was like 16 or 17, uh, a few friends of mine started playing all the time. And I went over and started jamming out with them, wound up joining a band. That's why I moved here. Um, uh, my singer and I had decided yeah. we were tired of the Connecticut scene and wanted to pursue new ventures. Literally moved here randomly. On uh, a random joint, really. Uh, I literally got in a car on a, a Sunday afternoon or a Wednesday afternoon, uh, uh, like in the morning. Went, got here that night, um, went to Denny's. Didn't know anybody. Just stopped to eat at Denny's. There was a bunch of kids that looked like they listened to you know metal music, and I was like, "Hey, give us a place to stay. Gets free dinner." And one kid was like, "Yeah, you can crash at my house. My parents are gone." And so um, we went there, crashed on his floor for a few days. Two days later, I signed a lease. The next weekend, I went home, packed my car, and that Monday, I was living in North Carolina. Wow. Since, yeah. Insane, insane. How did the musical career go? Um, It went went well. I said I'd give it a year. If we weren't signed to a record label in a year, I was going to leave. And we moved here with like three songs written. It was me and one other guy. Within four months, we had a whole band. We were touring. Uh, I had built up a lot of connections while I was in Connecticut, so I knew a lot of people. And we were able to do quite a bit. We got signed six months in. Um, it was a band called My Hero Is Me. We were on Tragicura Records, which got bought by Sony um, yeah. a few years into it. And we did tra- we did a Warp Tour, a bunch of metal fests and things. Oh, so, so and I was that experience. Did you even expect being part of that journey, even though you know, especially as a kid fan? Um, I mean, it was always the goal. I just like playing music, you know. Right. Um, one of the reasons I left was it just started getting too serious. They were telling us what to wear. Um, you know, we did a music video once, and they made me change because I just wore jeans and a white T-shirt, and they were okay. like, "No, no, no, you gotta wear black. You gotta, oh, I don't know. you know, I didn't. You gotta that. be emo. You gotta wear mascara. Wear right? black. What's yeah. I was like, well, at the time I was homeless. I'm like, I'm living out of my car, so I gotta be sensible with the money I spend. And um, and not just that, it was the cleanest pants I probably got at the moment, right? <laughs> <laughs> pretty much, yeah, yeah. Um, that was a pretty rough year for us. We were we were just wow. touring so much there was no point in me paying rent and all these bills. Wow, really? I wasn't at. Really? So, um, but you were making cake, though, no? I mean, I was making enough money to buy food. Okay. <laughs> I, we were all starving right. artists, to say the least. Oh um, god! Okay. Almost literally. <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> um, on tour, we just bring a grill, and I'd go out and buy, go go to the grocery store and buy food, and we'd be in a Walmart parking lot or a Costco, 
and I would just pull the grill out and I would just grill there in the parking lot. Oh, um, but grill food is some good food though. Oh yeah, I love <laughs> you. Eat good though. <laughs> it was great. Uh, a bunch of other bands were like, "Oh man, we should have thought about this." I'm like, "It's cheaper than spending even dollar meal. You know, it's cheaper and it's better." So. Oh yeah, uh, well, you buy fresh food. You got your own st portable stove. You are good, son. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you ever grew up in like going camping and stuff, it, it was fun. Um, but I got out of that, and then about three years ago, uh, you know, I was playing D D and D with my friends, and the campaign was a lot of fun. So I started drawing it. I didn't even know how really? to draw. I just started drawing, and then uh, that turned into the comic book. So. You know, that's why out I of a D, &D game what about the, what was it about a D, D game that made you start trying to build this whole comic book universe in your head what happened what was the creative spark we played the first so my friends and i hadn't played D, &D in like 10 years and i got everybody back together we had one session and we talked about it for a month i mean like we were in a group chat we like i, I said some of us hadn't even spoken to each other in 10 years and our group chat was just blowing up with, oh, that was fun. Or, you know, I want to see this with my character. I want to go here. I want to do that. And it was something about a bunch of grown men just being excited about the dumbest stuff that we had <laughs> done. And I was like, well, I have nothing else to do. So I just I had a tablet from work that had a pen. And I just okay. started sketching some of the stuff out from the from you know the game. And it was rough. You know, it, it, in the back, very back of the um, book, is I think the original in that trade paperback. And um, I worked on that for like three months and I was very proud of it. Uh, my wife is a phenomenal, phenomenal artist. So when I was done after three months of literally drawing every day in this thing, I handed it to her for her to look at and she read through it. She handed the tablet back to me and went back to watching TV and said, it's okay. And the most mundane, bored voice I had ever heard and I had been with her. <laughs> We've been... We had been married for four years. We were best friends for 11 on top of that. So 15 years with her. And okay. um, for her just to say that was kind of, uh, you know, uh, it was very- It was one of those Larry David Kirby enthusiasm. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, and, uh, so the next day I went out and I bought an iPad and started nice. taking classes. And I think it was the challenge of, of doing something that, you know, she appreciated. Yeah, here we are on our seventh issue of the book, um, you know, coming out, Woo! and I'm very proud of the artwork. You know, you you've, you can see the growth in the book itself, um, from page one to page 220. Um, you know, I've worked really hard at it. I've taken I've taken more classes on drawing than I ever took to play guitar, and I did it professionally. So that's <laughs> <a nice laughs> thing. so. All um, right. So how's that learning curve like then? Because here you go from this musician angle turned you know D, D player turned comic book creator publisher author and shit like what's that whole learning curve like for you it it was tough because i'm rough on myself and it was tough too because um you know i have i'm surrounded by a lot of talented people and trying to match that level in my head even though i know out the gate you know i'm not gonna be as good but you know she here she had blown my phone i'm sorry um you know she really helped me out she would go page by page with me and work on anatomy um she gave me a lot of pointers because she's extremely talented and 
her first words were, so you're really going to do this? And I was like, what do you mean? She's like, you really want to draw a comic book? Like, where did this come from? I'm like, I don't know. I just really want to do it. It seems like fun. And I thought we had a really cool story. And I thought people would be interested in it. So I just started putting the effort in. You know, this was beginning of 2020. And, I mean, there was nothing else to do, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, it was stuck home, right? Why not? Right. I had nothing else. And I said, well, you know, the creative side of me was going nuts as it was. And I had been, you know, in and, um, you know, I worked out a lot. And so you take me out of the gym, you take away my creative side. And now all of a sudden I'm stuck at home. I'm going to get depressed and angry. I needed something to put that energy into. So yeah. just started drawing. And, um, you know, she took every page, started helping me out. It took three books by the uh, middle of the fourth book. She was like, I really don't need to give you any more input. You're, you're good. You're on your uh, own, kiddo. It's, yeah, it's so the training wheels are off. Yeah, they're settling <laughs> away. Hey, no she still looks at a few things here and there. She's an editor on the. <laughs> um, she does yeah, nice. lots of input. Uh, this is the first book I'll actually be coloring too. Um, hey, how did, look at that. What what is it about stepping up to all these challenges? You just want to learn every aspect of the bookmaking. Is that it? Um. Well, there's that, and you know, monetarily, I'd like to, I'd like to be able to bring in a little bit, because col gotcha. my colorist was, you know, fifty bucks a page, which is more than reasonable for the Ooh. talent. Um, gotcha. That's what people don't realize, you know. It's, it's. But it's, it's heavy on an indie creator. Hell yeah. It is. You know, this is all me. It's a hundred percent out of my pocket if we don't make it on Kickstarter, and I like to keep the books affordable. So, and that's nothing against anybody else that has different price points, but I really don't like going above six to eight dollars like eight dollars for a 60 page book i thought was fair on the last campaign yeah. um you know for 30 pages i, I try to keep it at like six and nice. um i don't i don't want to go up on my pricing just you know and so i wanted to be able to do it myself and earlier this year i just started really practicing colors i took a couple lessons with some um some really great colorists that I know. I like their style. I thought yeah. it fit well. Actually, the guy who did this background image, Robert Nix, I spent a lot of time with him. And I said, hey, like, your style really matches my tone. And I, I'd like to incorporate that. And he took some time with me. I took some online lessons. And then, you know, went to my wife and said, hey, help me out. And so we started working on colors. And I did a few pages, like a few different things, tested out my my style. And I said, hey, um, I'm going to show it to people. So I went to, I have a couple different groups that I'm in. And I just started showing pages that I had colored. I said, what do you guys think of these? And they're like, oh, that's cool. And no one knew that I colored it. I just wanted to get raw feedback because I figured okay. if I said that I did it, there'd be, oh, that's good. You know, people are usually hesitant to give you like true feedback if they know you did it. And I said, yeah, I think this is what I'm gonna do for the next book. I, I colored this and they were like, oh, I thought your colorist did that. Like, it's really good. So I, I was like, well, I'm not losing Hello. quality. You know, I'm not gonna, my readers and everything, they're not gonna sacrifice quality. We'll still be able to provide the same um, level of color for them. So yeah, we're gonna do that. And then I can take the money that we earn there and turn that into other things for the comic. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. wonderful. We have like stuffed animals and figures. I've got uh, energy drinks coming. Um, I've got what else? Introduce us. Introduce them to this wonderful world that you've created. Talk about these amazing characters that you have <laughs> right here. Like, 
Who, what is this universe? Who are these people? Uh, well, they're my friends. Every single one of them is based off of my friends. Um, okay. They're real. They're, those are their real names. Uh, Brad Haynes. He is the guy right there in the middle, the the red and yellow. He is your, um, you know, in D and D terms, he's like a rogue fighter. Um, in real life, he's trained in seven different forms of martial arts. So his character knows a lot of hand to hand combat. He's one of the top marksmen in the state too. So. He uses a lot of guns, and he has no real superpowers. His only ability is he's immune to all abilities. So he nobody can use powers on him that aren't physical. Um, to his left is Boulder, who is a... That's actually a cool power, though. <laughs> yeah, he came up with it. And all these, every one of them came up with their own abilities and using you know, D&D. And uh, Boulder, the guy to the left, he is uh, like a barbarian monk so he's very fast he's very strong um he's he's like your like flash mixed with colossus i don't say colossus like flash mixed with maybe a little bit of hulk because he has this ability called um symbolism which is like a a barbarian rage so when he goes into that mode he's he's more durable he's stronger and he can hit harder things like that but even without his powers, he's physically altered to be more durable, faster, and stronger. So if he were to punch, say, Caliber, he could hurt him. But gotcha. if he tries to turn on his magic powers, the powers would have no effect on him. Gotcha. Uh, and so uh, we describe him, uh, his personality is like if you took All Might and, uh, and Eddie Murphy and mixed them together. <laughs> personality of Eddie Murphy and the powers of All Might. Um, yeah. And then behind him, the guy with sword and shield, that's Bones. He is uh, seven foot tall, out of armor. So in the armor, he's almost eight foot tall. Um, he, he, in real life, he has uh, brittle bone disease. So his character, when he um, gained his powers, his body kind of overcompensated a bit, made him bigger, stronger, tougher. He's like a paladin cleric, so he, he can heal. Uh, he can tank a lot of damage. He's like our just our damage tank. Yeah. Uh, he's the front he's a, line, <laughs> right? He's a support character. He's your first line of defense, and he does do a good bit of damage too. He has a magic sword. He has a magic shield. He has, he can change the sword into a hammer. He can change into a spear. So he's versatile in those um, aspects, and just all around like tanky. Um, and then you've got the cat in the middle who goes with the guy to his right specter. Um, the cat is a familiar, and he's this ancient being that, uh, like a magical being, that aids, assists, and really is kind of like uh, his master splinter to specter. Teaches him how to use his new abilities and can yeah. buff him. That, that cat is funny as hell, though. Oh yeah, he's his personality is based off of um, Cat the Hat mixed with um the uh, uh the cat from alice in wonderland and um the mad hatter all in, all in one so he can be crazy he he likes to talk and rhyme just because he knows it annoys the crap out of people not because he has to um but he uh he doesn't he's from a different dimension so he has no like he has no quote-unquote dog in the fight with all all the humans but 
he does see the potential inspector and um, kind of binds himself to Spectre to save Spectre's life after the first issue. And yeah. in doing so helps the rest of the team. Spectre is our youngest member. He is a warlock build. Um, that's the best way to describe him. He shoots okay. fireball all day long. And um, he, he's like young. He's he kind of pickheaded in a way. First to run into combat without anybody else. But his motives are he wants to run a business. So actually in the book that we're putting on Kickstarter now, he's created his own coffee and energy, energy drink company. And they're selling that stuff in New Orleans. That's how they're making money to fund all their heroics. Oh, uh, look at this. <laughs> so. Yep. Yeah, it's like their before and after pictures. Look at these uh, guys. 70s right there, the open button down shirt. They had the disco? Yep. Where they at, yo? Uh, they're getting ready to to leave work and, and go uh, <laughs> Yo, look at that. Okay. I like that side. Right that, that'll look like a hip-hop album right there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, the guy with... Oh, that's, uh, that's a... Oh, what is this? Pieces. I had an artist that liked the idea of Caliber fighting robot dragons. Holy and, shit. So... Uh, yeah, that, that does happen like way, way later in the series. And so I said, why not? <laughs> what do you mean way, way later in the series? Because, you well, know, here we go. For, before we go, hold on. I just want to show you. There's a cool link right there. It's all, I'm also showing it at the bottom of the page. So make sure to click that. It's on all those notifications when this campaign goes live. Check out the website. Follow on social, of course. You know what it is, all right? But this is what he's talking about right here. Yep. Caffeinated chaos. You know? <laughs> Get notified on launch, folks. You're gonna want this. So let's, let's talk about this. So yeah, this this is the seventh entry into the series, and you know we have 42 books that are planned for the entire series. Um, currently, 42. Yeah, we've been playing for almost. Whoa! Years. Wow! Look at you. Yep. So that's the plan, and we're only up to number seven. If you, yep. this is number seven, then that's number seven. Okay. Yep. Cool. And so, in this book, they they've left their previous employer and they've got to find a way to pay for all their adventuring and everything that they're doing by themselves so they took some funds that they had they souped up their their hero van and <laughs> they turned it into a mobile coffee shop oh no so they um they're in the midst right now of opening their own but until they can save enough money they have a mobile coffee shop they're in the superhero yeah. food truck business. <laughs> yep, exactly. And but it allows them to be mobile. So if they need to go and say, you know, fight they a got giant it. robot, they can. Oh, they and they got a cover for everything. Hey, we're just selling food in the area. I don't know what you're talking about. Yep. Well, actually, so they are known um, in in game. They actually they're well known as as who they are. Um, and so they they actually serve coffee and stuff in their hero outfits with barista, um, you know. Oh, they on. do. Yeah. But the coffee any good? Um, well, it depends on which one you get because Caliber really hates the idea of being customer service. So every time he makes coffee, he just gives people black coffee when they're supposed to be getting like a mochaccino or something. And well, I don't, I like black coffee, so you, you know. <laughs> yeah. His argument is he didn't sign up to, to be a barista. He signed up to, you know, kick ass and take names. So you're getting black coffee, there's sugar and, and milk on the side. 
Yeah, and he is one of the funniest characters in the in the whole book for real though. Yeah, his uh, in real life that's a great one line is there. Okay, there you go. So that's your boy's personality. Yeah, everything that's said and done actually happens at the table. Um, I record all the sessions and then I script it out and turn it into the comic book. So it's it's all organic. Um, Very little of it is actually written post, you know, post game. Um, I pull most of the uh, (laughs) the dialogue straight from the recordings. No way. All right, so. And is it, are you always the games master, or, or, or is it kind of you know circle in between? I was up until the last few games we played. So the past three and a half years, I've been I've been in charge of everything. Oh, and yeah. recently, Brad has taken my spot. Um, you know, his his character is going through some stuff, so he is in charge now, running the game, and I have my own character that I'm playing as part of the team in this portion of the story. And yeah, but but I still have uh, I still have final say on everything. I still, uh, you Did know, you guys make your own cards and stuff for this or no? Yes, right. yes, I have collector cards. I have get out. Uh, you do? Yep, I have everything. Do you have you have a sample right there? Can you reach over to the side? Uh, give me one second. One second. Hold pull on. me a card. Yeah, let me see. Yeah, let me let me pull with. out one second. Folks, and, and while you do that, I'll tell everybody where to go. Check it out, folks. This, I need you to go visit their website, homebrewedcomics.com. You know, check out the, this new uh, project right here, especially if you're into that, that card game, you're going to dig it. You know, I follow them on Instagram at homebrewedcomics and then on Facebook, homebrewedcomics, and also Twitter, but it's with an X, all right? Yeah, check it out for real. So uh, he, he back. Let me put him on the main screen over here and look at that. There's one, and I set the backs up for like D and D stuff. So oh, you can see cool! Look yeah. at that! Holy shit! And in the set is a breakdown too of what their abilities mean and like what the numbers mean. Oh, what nice! Yep, we got uh, 18 cards in total. So like that Specter's card right there. Oh, that's nice, man! Look at those. And then. And then these like, wait, wait, put that up again. Kind of looks like the old scorecards from the nineties. Oh, the first set. Yeah. Kind of has that, that 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 border and look to it, like the nineties score. Yeah, yo. Yeah, I hand drew um, all Dope. the borders and everything on the names. Wow, bro, um, nice. You know, I designed everything on the back. Dude, man, how do you feel even having you know holding those cards and playing games with those bad boys? What was that? How do you feel holding those cards and even being able to play with those? <laughs> uh, this is probably my favorite part of the whole process right here. <laughs> I, I was a huge card collector as a kid. I have this, most of the bottom of the shelf is all um, cards from when I was a child. Oh, and wow. So when we got into this and started making books as a regular thing, I said my, my goal is to have my own cards one day. And so the third book, I started working on it. Book four, I put out the first set. Uh, book five was the second. And now I'm going to start doing every every issue. We're going to grow that card set, you know, by a few. Ooh. And what do you mean by a few? Can you tease, you know, two cards, three cards, yeah. four um, cards? So yeah, we're going to get a, a last full-ass deck by the time this, this book is over? Yeah, so, like, all the new characters that we'll introduce are, like, the enemies that we introduce. 
will get their own card. Nice. Um, because they are kind of expensive to have made sometimes if I have like 20 of them. So if I do, you know, two or three at a time and then maybe a stretch goal for an additional or a special card, then by the time we're done, we'll have all the uh, all the characters out there. And we'll have like some new suits at some point. And when those debut, we'll do like an updated character card, you know, like Boulder's oh, cool. uh, white suit because he does get a white suit at one point. Um, Caliber actually does get the knight costume at some point. So, you know, we'll update that. And then, uh, like, with this book, um, Samedi, the cat, he has two little friends now, a talking chameleon and a talking owl. So they'll get their cards. Um, you know, and we'll just continue to grow the the um, collection piece mm -hmm. so you can have everything. It made me laugh. Um, Samedi is a character itself, the cat, because that was that one line. that How can nobody hear you? Is that you fool? I'm a cat. <laughs> Yeah, you know, yeah, we have the, the Samedi stuffed animal. Hey, yep. And uh, awesome. I'm working right now on getting the owl done, and then we've got a couple statues too. So, oh, say word. Yeah, I did feel even holding that. Yo, that's a sample of your character right there. Huh? Oh, yeah. God. Um, it's awesome that uh, most of my stuff now is all my own. You know, I'm not putting money into somebody else's pocket for nerd stuff you know like i have yeah my own t-shirts i have my own hat i have my own hoodies you wear um, your own shit all the time right <laughs> yeah yeah i mean every time i go to comic-con i'm wearing my own stuff yeah um, yeah that's what i do too bro virtual high five on that shit, bro. <laughs> i do the same exact thing it's you amazing. know it, and music is always a, there's always this stigma around wearing your own band's t-shirt but yeah. with comic books or like with your brand you, you if you're not repping it who is right exactly exactly you know what better model you look at this white beard it got to get something used for something <laughs> so are you going to be doing any cons we were talking about like, sport and yep. stuff at cons what where are you going to be at i've got uh, charlotte north carolina the weekend of the 22nd 23rd um of october we're going to be in charlotte for queen city con and then i'll be at baltimore con the weekend after and then I'm shutting it down until probably April. I work in taxes, so from December. Oh, April, poor guy. <laughs> I'll be um, I'll be doing that. So it's You'll really be hard. conless. Right. <laughs> it. I might pick up a few odd odd shows here and there during the season, um, but I I can't really commit too much. I tried to last year, and doing that, then the two full time jobs, and then. Having a wife and child, I barely slept. Yeah, hey, yeah, bro. Preaching to the choir. I understand, bro. Understand. Yep. Here's the life of a real entrepreneur, folks. You hear this? There's a, a family man got a day job and building that dream. I mean, seven issues in with the next one called Caffeinated Chaos. Are we going to get a coffee out of this, too? Uh, so, coffee is on the way. I, hey. So, Caffeinated Chaos is two parts. The first, the first thing I'm releasing is an energy drink. I have that on the way right now. So cool. um, custom energy drinks, coffee is a little bit more expensive. So I'm hoping that we can do well enough on the Kickstarter for me able me to get, you know, custom bag coffee. Yeah, that'd be dope. And then he'll be serving coffee at the cons as well when you meet him, a free cup when you yep. shake his hand. It's actually part of the goal. <laughs> I want to be able to set up a like a Keurig or something next to me and have coffee and energy drinks because that's just a draw to the table. Oh yeah. You know, when you're walking around, like the cat right now is my draw. I put him out in the front and I'll tell you what, 
there was two cons I did back to back. And the first con was okay. You know, it didn't do too bad. The second con I showed up and before I could set the table up, I just took the cats out and I put them on the table, just put a couple there so I could start organizing my stuff. And so there were three on the table and I turn around and there's just people picking them up and playing with them. And they're like, well, how much are these? And I sold, you know, each one, each one, they bought the books to go with them. They're like, oh, I want the book to go with them too. And I'm like, well, we got five books with the cat. I'm like, okay, I'll take all five books. Damn. Yeah. Before I could even set up, I had sold three cats and three sets of books. And I was like, oh, well, this table's paid for. Thank you. That's the start of a good day right there. Yeah. So, yeah, son. After that, I was like, all right, cat goes out first. <laughs> and then cat we'll get a everywhere. Kitty everywhere. Yep. The other word for the kitties everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think what is, what's funny is a lot of times it was little kids that were walking up to play with the cat. And, you know, parents, once a kid holds something, they're like, oh, I guess I got to buy it for him. You're kind of forced, yeah. Yeah, so the kid and, was like, oh, and then, Hey, daddy, I got something for you, too, mom. And you, too, mama. Check this out. Exactly. And I would kids, I, I love you know, the, the, getting the kids into the comic books because the the comic is, you know, it's like TV 14. That's, you know, if you, if you let your kids watch all the animes and cartoons and stuff that are on TV, my book's really not out of that realm. And we do that on purpose because a lot of us have kids and we want our kids to be able to read the book. So that's why there's some of those like language jokes and things in there, keeping everybody in line. Um, and so when those kids come up, I'm, I'm giving away, you know, collector cards and posters. I want those kids to really get into it. And I saw a kid on YouTube that did a review on our books. And he's like nine years old and was just going nuts over Spectre and the cat and all these things. And I, and I think that's one of the best feelings I've had is seeing a kid like when I, when I was little getting excited about, say, Star Wars or, you know, uh, Wolverine or something like that. And then seeing a kid having that energy towards something that I created, yeah, right. that was freaking awesome. Amazing, amazing. All right, kiddo. So before we go, because it's wonderful next project, again, let me put it back up on screen, is due to release on the 12th of October. Yep. So again, turn on those notifications. It's caffeinated chaos, crit, D&D adventure story. All right. So do you record these adventures where we could hear them elsewhere via a podcast or anything? Um. So... I've got everything like lined up right now. I don't know my own schedule for the podcast stuff, but I do have um, I have a YouTube for, through the Savage Sandbox that I'm part of. That's under Pharaoh's Creative Studio. You can check some of our stuff oh. out there. But my main my main thing is Instagram. So I do lives on there. I post. I try to stay on there all the time, or the algorithm hates me. So keep in touch <laughs> with me on Instagram. And that's the best place for me right now. I just got into the Twitterverse. And it's, you know, with social media, everyone I've talked to, you're, you're good at one of the three or four on, that are out, out there. And so yeah. I've been on Instagram the longest. That's the one I'm most comfortable with. So, you know, if you want to chat about D&D, the comic books, anything like that, hit me up. I'm always. I'm always it's on. right there at Homebrewed Comics, folks, on Instagram. And that's also Homebrewed Comics with an X on Facebook and also on Twitter. All right. So last words for you, Mr. Sadoff. What type of advice would you give anyone else trying to step into the game like you have and have as much success? Because look at you, Kittle, seven issues in with this next one coming. You know, kudos to you. Great graphic novel, folks. Trust me, this is indie comics at its core, and it's wonderful. It's fun. It's a whole new universe. No, 
no baggage. You're just getting into it, and it's funny as fuck too. So, you know, you guys are doing a fantastic job. Thank you. Um, my advice would be if it's just something you really are passionate about, don't let anything hold you back. Um, you know, I didn't know how to draw when I started. I had never done comic books when I started. I had never run a Kickstarter when I started. And I mean, my first Kickstarter failed. You know, I didn't even know what I was doing. I didn't advertise for it. I just kind of put it up there and hoped it worked. And that's not the way it works. Um, and so I would just say, just do it and learn as you go because everybody has their own way of doing things. There's no right way to do indie comics. There's just doing it. And so um, find people with like minds, ask them questions, reach out, build your community and have fun because a lot of people take it way too seriously sometimes. And that kind of ruins the fun. And why we got into it in the first place. Yeah, you ain't lying, yo. Exactly. Have fun with it. That's the whole point of comics. Mm -hmm. Comics, comic books, the funny. Yes. It's you supposed know? to be Come fun. On. It's supposed <laughs> to be an escape. It's not supposed to be depressing. It can be stressful, you know. A lot of people don't yeah. realize how hard it is to do a comic. Um oh. Preach. but that payoff of holding a book when it's all done, like you know, is that you your book, book right there? Is well, I've that got a whole your ton book? of my books. I keep them next to me just in case I'm off. Let me see again. Put that up on screen again. Be proud. This is, this is issue zero right here. Ooh, ooh. Yeah, wait a minute. Editor's note. I, I read that was an editor's note about issue zero. So what's here? What's going on in issue zero that you guys have to note this to me? Hey, um, hey. So, so, yeah, in the tray paperback, it's a collection of all the books. So. You know, in the beginning, um, issue zero is their first day at work. This is the, you know, the first day on the job. This is before they have powers. And you you meet some of them, um, you know, Bones later on. But there's, you know, there's something that goes goes wrong, clearly. Uh. You know, people are dying. There's an, there, there's an attack. There's explosions. And so that's how they get their powers. Um, and so issue zero was was actually never supposed to happen. Um, Nate Broughton is the artist on this. He's from Australia. He read the first issue zero that I had that never got released. Um, he's, a, he's a good friend of mine. So I let him read that. And he said, hey, I got to redo this for you. And I had given him my old tablet because he had been drawing everything on his phone for a long time. Yeah. And so I shipped him a tablet down to Australia and was like, hey, draw on this instead. It's a lot better than your phone. Oh, how kind of you. Look at you, you know. So to thank me, he drew this. Wow. And, um, it's really cool because I never thought we'd really revisit some of those issue zero moments. I thought I'd tell him more as like a, a memory in the, in the books or something, but he was able to get everything into 18 pages and it's freaking awesome. So I was really happy about that. And I'm, I'm blessed to, you know, have a community of people uh, that are willing just to draw 18 pages for you and not ask for a dime. Um, yeah. But well, look at you, though. You helped him. You gave him a piece of tech that he needed, and he brushed you. So you know what I mean? That's what it is. When This is why it's good to give people, because you never know anything. You know, and don't do it with expectancy. You know, he did it because his homie needed a, 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 a tool. Next thing you know, his homie said, you know what, kid? I, I love this tool so much. Let, let, let me form this for you. Check this out. I mean, that's love, man. It's a beautiful thing. It is. I've met a lot of really, really awesome people in this journey. Um, I, I did an Indiegogo for him just to raise some money um, for the book. We wound up raising about 700 bucks, so he got that. Um, nice. You know, I did the printing and all that stuff over here, and now he's publishing his own book now, which is really cool. Um, there you go. 
But yeah, I mean, support the community, man. This is independent. This this is what indie is about, baby. That's why I love it. Mm-hmm. It's real, it's real love and support, encouragement. You know what I mean? And then look at that. You know, it's just creating a family and a network. That web, baby. <laughs> I dig it. So, yo, Chris, thank you so much for your time today. I uh, absolutely appreciate it, folks. So how dope this book is, right? So, again, let me add it to the stream one more time. Caffeinated Chaos. So notifications today. The link is at the bottom. You know, you want to be notified when this book comes out because it is fire. Please follow them on Instagram, Homebrew Comics. You know, normally the Facebook is Homebrew Comics with an X. Same as with Twitter. You can follow Homebrew Comics, you know, traditional at, you know, that's their website.com. And, and again, in that link right there, I'm sharing it at the bottom. Show the love, show the love to Mr. Chris Sayloff, the whole homebrew comics team's crit, baby. This is where it's at. Independent comic books. Auto tells you what to do, my big people over here. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Much love and hasta la próxima, mi gente. It's Al Mega with the amazingly talented Mr. Chris Sayloff. Wepa! Later. Thank you for listening to the Comic Crusaders podcast. If you like the content, please subscribe and turn on notifications. Also, please visit ComicCrusaders.com and our extended podcast family over at UndercoverCapes.com. And also, make sure to download the Comic Crusaders app on the Google Play Store today. 